Hello guys, welcome back to Beyond the Boundary Road podcast. So today's episode is going to be a trip down the memory lane, India's memorable 1983 World Cup triumph, which was our first World Cup victory. So KK and I have only watched the highlights of the semi-finals and finals of that tournament, and apart from those games, we know little more uh, than that to actually talk about it in detail. So today we decided to call a few guests who witnessed that history being made during their younger days. So uh, our guests here would have been 10 to 14 years uh, around that uh, age uh, during that uh, tournament, uh, during the time the tournament was held. So welcoming our guests on today's discussion, KK Anirudh's dad, Mr. Sarathi. So Mukund Nana, who runs his own Facebook page, Cricketing, which was the first step of our cricket discussions journey, where we started writing. We have Mukund Nana here. So my dad, Mr. Manivanan, is here, and a few of his friends have joined in the discussion as well. Mr. Jairaman is here. Uh, Mr. Shankar is also here. He is uh, from Singapore. He is joined in from Singapore today. Mr. Jayendran uh, is also here with us. and mr natarajan who has joined us from the other side of the globe in germany he is also here with us so with that we'll move into today's discussion so the first question which i would like to ask is uh, we all know about india's performances in the previous two world cups which were held in 1975 and 79 so what was the mood going into this world cup was it any different did it feel like we would actually Even reach the semi-finals because we were kind of the underdogs heading into the tournament. I think until that uh, rain-delayed match of West Indies, it was just another World Cup, and then that second day of the match, which turned the tables, which got India its first victory, uh, sort of set the scene for India. But also, I think the Zimbabwe match with Australia was also an eye-opener, saying that this World Cup probably has some surprises. The thing was uh, the, the ODIs and the World Cup were not uh, that important in those days as they are now. So it it wasn't as if uh, you know there was a tremendous amount of uh, of uh, interest uh, similar to what is present at the moment. But again, as uh, um, uh, it, it was also the case that uh, India's previous record led to there being not that much of an interest before the World Cup started. But as uh, India kept winning, I think that uh, more and more people got interested in the tournament. Uh, I think a few months before the World Cup, we beat West Indies in West Indies in an ODI. Went into this, so when we went into the World Cup, yeah, we were kind of our chances were very very slim. But we had actually beaten West Indies in West Indies, and that was a massive thing. And uh, so, so somewhere at the back of the players' minds, that that must have been there. I know Srikant always jokes saying that you know we just went there for a holiday. <laughs> we were on our way to the US, and we were transiting in UK. It was a holiday. But I feel I don't think they would have gone there with as no hopers. Somewhere at the back of the mind, they would have probably felt, yeah, we may have an outside chance, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, we managed to beat West Indies once again. And beat Australia once, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Uh, I have a few uh, pointers essentially because I still remember the day one of that match, uh, which uh, Shankar was talking about. Right? I I agree with Shankar also. While some of the people who had uh, listened to that commentary or probably heard it or seen it in the papers had a different view when the uh, when the match started on the World Cup day when the match happened between India and West Indies. But the fact is, okay, going by the history, right? 
I don't think we had any chance at all based on the past two World Cups which we had participated. I think there was a solitary win, and that solitary win was against a, a non-playing Test nation, which was in the form of East Africa. So there was very little chance. Maybe Shrikant might be right. Okay, that uh, they had booked their uh, travel to US, etc. He might. It might look a little bit of a joke at this point of time. I think there were possibly one or two people who gave India uh, hope in terms of moving into the semi-final, leave aside uh, getting into the final or even uh, winning the final. I think Kim Hughes is one of the guy who, if I remember, had clearly stated saying that okay, India was the dark horse in the tournament. Now, having said that, okay. and with the past history in terms of gavaskar playing okay which i don't want to get in at this point of time uh, the mood was such that okay if we are able to win a couple of games itself was considered to be a, a huge effort but for the die hard uh, cricket followers as what uh, shankar was saying the win in burbis again which was a, a significant uh, difference which was there about i think it was around uh, uh, 280 to about uh, say about 30 40 odd runs which was there that was really a, a a catalyst i would say but nevertheless okay was that uh, uh, an advantage going into the world cup is anybody's guess at this point of time but that that certainly acted as a catalyst in terms of uh, some of the achievements which uh, came in at a much later point in time okay so we have discussed about how india won the first game against west indies and how uh, that kind of changed the mood and we followed it up with a win against zimbabwe but then there were again two defeats against australia and west indies which made the zimbabwe match a must win match and we happened in that match it was a high pressure game and we were 17 for 5 and that was the game when kapil dev turned up and scored his 175 not out but there's been no recording video recording because of that bbc strike on that day so how was it following that match on radio commentary how with the mood changed well from 17 for 5 to the ultimate victory uh just one thing um none of the group matches were telecast in that world cup yeah only Correct. the semi final and final for which we had a tv telecast all the other matches we followed only on radio neeraj coming back okay. to your question essentially in terms of yeah. 17 for 5 kapil walked in at uh, 4 for 9 right and uh, it was uh, 17 for 5 when the next wicket fell and uh, i think i had turned on the radio at that point of time the only hope was that kapil was there still batting at that point of time that was only hope and that was giving even more uh, nervousness essentially okay how much are we going to cross are we going to cross 50 are we going to go past 75 are we going to go past 100 now at, at a point of time uh, from 17 for 5 i think i uh, subsequently uh, started turning on my radio at around 75 for odd okay for 6 or 7 uh, and after that again i was uh, listening i was not listening i was the only hope again was kapil was still playing and and again i went away and after that i came back again it was 8 uh, down for 140 right with kirmani and kapil and i sat and heard the entire commentary after that 140 for 8 i think it was unbelievable it was mayhem after that and i don't think uh, probably given the context what uh, we are talking 37 years back you recall it in 1983 a 175 of 138 balls in a 50 not a 50 over even a 60 over game where you were about to be bowled out uh, i don't know i i i i i know i am a hardcore kapil dev fan despite that okay i don't even know if there can still be any innings so sad that okay none of us uh, none none of us uh, have been able to witness to that even in in the form of highlights also
when this particular match came up right the, uh, the the critical thing it brought out really to us was the the fact that we batted so deep and that was one of the major reasons why we won that uh, world cup itself right so it it was really a critical reason why we won the world cup because uh, imagine at 140 for 8 a number 10 batsman was kirmani who had had a um, you know who had a, a, a test century really he was that good a batsman and he was coming in at number 10 Jane, I think one other point uh, to what you said. Uh, possibly, I think uh, in that uh, squad, I think it was a 14-member squad then. I think barring Walson and uh, maybe uh, Balwinder Sandhu, I think each and every person had a first-class century to their uh, name. Uh, normally, cricket fans, right? Uh, we all stick to some sentiments. If you sit in a particular position and team is not doing well, we don't move away from that. But in those days. Because it was audio, right? There is no moving away. If it doesn't do well, you switch off and go, and come back after half an hour and look at you know what happens. And that's what many of us did when it was 1745, and we were pleasantly surprised, right? It was live, alive, kicking, <laughs> and we continued to hear, and it just the hope soared slowly on the fan level. But what it did in indirectly or invisibly on the team was it instilled belief. Saying that one flash Antigua was not flash at all. If we put in, we will be able to make it. And Kapil made a stamp of that. He didn't talk as a team leader. He performed on the floor. He made it happen, and that made the team turn turn around. And it was a plus, obviously. What Jane said, like, you know, too many nibbly dobbly players around the squad. Everybody chipping in, putting their hands up whenever it is needed, and it did very much help as we proceeded along. That point, this is what happened at Sounding for Five. It made all of us look forward to the next matches and say the miracle will happen, match after match, till June 25th on the floor there. Just one point: uh, the significance of uh, that particular innings of Kapil Dev uh, has to be looked at a much, much, much broader level. Uh, so we had. Two heroes uh, growing up in the 70s and 80s. One of them was uh, Gavaskar, and the other was Kapil Dev. So the big difference that innings uh, told us was Gavaskar basically taught us how to draw games. Kapil Dev taught us how to win. We started to believe that we could win and from any situation, or we could even win. So that innings is significant from that angle. Neeraj, one other point: uh, that match was extremely critical. Because it was a, a must-win kind of a situation. Because we had two matches to go then, one against Australia. We were uncertain because we were walloped in the earlier match. So that was a must-win game. We had to win, and we were down and out at that point of time of five for seventeen. Uh, not only did uh, they go on to score a, a, a put on a score of two sixty-six, but the match was going right up to the wire. It was not easy even from then on to win. Okay, I still remember uh, the current uh, Karan 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 brother's father, Kevin Karan was smoting all, across uh, all parts of the ground at that point of time. It was again with the last pair. Also, he was trying to make a match out of it, and I think we still managed to win at a close thirty uh, odd run uh, victory. So we went on to beat uh, Zimbabwe in the fifth game, and then we went on to beat Australia in the final group stage game. 
and with that we made it to the first semi final for india uh, so this was against the hosts england so do you think india really stood a chance heading into the match uh, against the hosts england um actually no even on the other group england had pretty much done very well to uh, top the group they had topped the other group and we were second in our group behind the west indies and that's how the pairing took place so uh, there, there was an idea that you know that uh, perhaps england would do very well but uh, because there had been a few matches that we'd won there was still a lot of interest to see just how well india would do the point was uh, about that match you know it was an interesting match though the way it uh, worked out um it was the first time that we were really watching the the indian team uh, on the tv we had not watched them earlier and so on the fifth and sixth bowler performance was a revelation for us the fact that both um, mohinder and managed to bowl out their entire 12 overs each and restricted the englishman significantly was the critical uh, you know uh, contributor to the win really Uh, one thing uh, uh, about England, whether it's today or whether it's forty years back, uh, they were very poor players of spin. Uh, so I don't know whether it was uh, probably a couple of their brilliant captaincy that he bowled twenty-four overs of spin. And uh, I remember, I think the wicket was low and low. I remember Deepthi Asad's ball to bottom, which hardly, I think, which probably yes. didn't go above the ankle. I uh, see. I think uh, did we stand a chance? Right, honestly, when the match began, and probably when the 15 overs had uh, gone by, uh, I don't think India stood a chance because I think probably at the end of about 15 to 16, 17 overs, in, uh, England were uh, without loss at about 65, 70 or so. Right, and uh, mind you, with the batting to come, which was uh, Gower, Lamb, Botham, Gatting, and I partially agree to what Shankar said that England were poor uh, players of spin. but i think with uh, getting lamb goer uh, they had enough ammunition essentially to take the score apart uh, then finally what they ended up with i think uh, the key then was as what uh, shankar said the wicket was extremely low and uh, the ball to dismiss uh, botham it was probably less than uh, ankle height and the and the game changer possibly could have been the run out of uh, lamb also and all this happened during that 24 overs of uh, mohinder ramnath and uh, kirti azar and what about the run chase uh, because it was a stiff target it was not a very easy target um, at the time when mohinder amarnath got out up around that time it was the 40th over and the score was 110 you know we were chasing 213 isn't it right that was the way run chases happened in those days you know it was meant to be that you, you keep your wicket till the end and then you would be able to really explode in a flurry of runs so it it was the it was the 40th over in which we were 110 and then at that that is the time when uh, when mohinder was run out right and after that it was uh, it, it was something where we were waiting and i remember personally starting to feel a little worried uh, you know after the 30th over because i saw that the asking rate was increasing and an asking rate of 6 in those days and so on was considered you know i mean uh, immense so the the thing was uh, i was uh, hoping that he'd get out so that Kapil and uh, Sandeep Patel could come in. Who were the people who were known as being, you know, blasters of the ball in those days? Sure enough, that happened. The two of them got out. You know, Yashpal and uh, Mohinder, and then uh, and then uh, you know, Kirti Azad was held back. 
while Kapil and uh, and and uh, you know Sandeep Patel were sent uh, ahead, right? So so and at that time, Patel's innings was incredible. I remember that I was a fan of his batting in those days. It was a fantastically good. Uh, Good, uh, you know, innings that he scored on a pitch which wasn't great. It somehow he made it seem so easy, and uh, the run rate and the rate at which he scored those runs in those days it wasn't common at all. Though it may be common today. Yeah, I think some um, 23 balls on 50 runs and something like that. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I remember the World Cup semi-final in two distinct ways. One, the tension that Jain mentioned, ten overs, you know, huge. Chase. They used to give the details at the bottom of the screen those days, you know, runs to chase and etc. And every time the ball goes down and the number of runs increases, average increases, especially in 06, you are like a goner, you know, you are not going to win. But then there was one ball before Eshpal got out, which was like on his toes on leg side and he lifted it over square leg for a six. That sort of made us believe like okay chase is on guys now you know let's look at it and then all the tam uh, what do you call tamasha drama of Espal getting out patil coming and winning it that was one remembrance memory and the second one was the next day title in hindu india teams lying in its own den that was like exhilarating guys you know amazing and just a word on sandeep patil jain spoke about sandeep patil sandeep patil was in, you know, in those days, uh, a rare uh, case of a swashbuckling batsman. You would uh, not see many of those, uh, particularly in India. Uh, so, he was a kind of a, a genius in those days. So, beating England, we reached the final against the resurgent West Indies side. We beat them once and we lost against them once in the previous round. But they were the champions of the previous two World Cups. So, on a green pitch at Lords, a scary face battery that West Indies had. What were India's chances when we were put into bat and how did the final unfold? See, the chances before, I mean, it was, it was again zero. I mean, even though we had reached that far, again, the interest was in seeing, you know, how well we could do. But we didn't really think, at least I didn't think that we had a realistic chance of beating the West Indies. The only question was how well we could perform and, uh, you know, it was a matter of pride, etc. That was it. Final was more like reminiscent of the entire series of World Cup. It was like starting with a no-hoper, then something happens, reignites the fire in you, in the team, in the fans, and then it just it carries on to a successful finish. Gavaskar gone, like Jain said, and then you had this charismatic single kneeling square drive, uh, fantastic pull of Marshall. Chika made things look so different. And then it started. You started believing, oh, I can do it. And then it went through, you collapsed, had a mini collapse, 183 all out. Oh my God, that's gone. Let's see, is it going to be 25 overs, 15 overs? What are they going to do? Because the previous semi final, our previous match was 184, which Pakistan scored. And West Indies made it like, you know, nothing, two wickets or something. So it was almost similar 183, 184, and all. And then comes Balinder Singh Sankar, a big in swinger, first ball, you know, just takes the middle step away. And it just again it reignites everything. It was reminiscent of the entire journey. You take it from first match till last. This was the same story. Lose hope. Reignite, somebody plays well, puts their hands up, and then you end up 
It's fantastic on the gallery eventually. If there is one turning point in the match, which uh, would be the point that you would attribute it to? Would it be the in-swinger by Balwinder Sandhu or the catch or even the first innings? Which would be the one turning point if you were chosen? If you were, if you had to pick one. Kapil Dev's catch has to be the turning point for me. Anyone else feels any different? Yeah, many of them. Yeah, there was there were so many. I mean, you you, know, you could go on, but uh, picking one, even though it isn't a point as such. Later, what really struck me was the was the batting of the Indian lower order. In uh, see, after Kapil got out, you know, and uh, it was uh, somewhere on some uh, 111 for six or something of that kind, right? There wasn't much of there weren't any uh, you know um, batsmen apart from Sandeep Patel, and uh, with the help of the lower order, uh, he took it to some extent somewhere on the you know. A little later, he too got out, and then Kirmani managed to have a 20-run last-wicket partnership or something like that, right? In the company of Sandhu, and that is what helped us to get to 183. And really, uh, you know, th- that was a critical component of our uh, of our entire uh, um, you know performance in the final. If you take the West Indian batting, you know, their their top three were uh, amazingly good, of course. You know, Greenwich, Haynes, Richards. And then you had Lloyd, who was a fantastic batsman, but in that final he could not perform. After that, yeah. you had Jones and you had Backus, and there was a you know a massive chasm in quality between the top four and those two. So as a result, what happened was, with the exception of Dujon, after Richards in the final, there was really no batsman. See, my view and memories of uh, World Cup final is slightly different, right? Uh, I. Uh, largely agree with uh, the view that okay india were uh, uh, no hopers when we got into the final right and when uh, as uh, i think jane said uh, stated that i suppose that okay it was dependent on gavaskar too uh, because it was a 60 over game it was not a 50 over game especially into a final where the expectation is essentially higher and with gavaskar being a, a defensive slot player okay it uh, it expected that role was expected out of him and i still remember the ball was moving wobbling like mad for people who have to see this just watch two balls of michael holding okay to mohindravanath that still stays green in my memory one of them it was an off cutter which pitched probably on the fifth or sixth stump went down the leg side for four wides then i suppose you will remember remember that jane and the one which got mohindravanath out again was a beauty from michael holding right so so my memory is very simple i think a single single leg square drive of shrikant my memory i'm saying one second i think uh, uh, the two balls which i mentioned uh, to mohindramnath it still stays very green in my memory now the next one is balwinder sandhu getting bowled out the next catch of kapil final lpw of uh, michael holding then shrikant smoking in the balcony <laughs> Kapil Dev lifting the World Cup and finally passing it on to Mohindramanath. Right, no hopers to lifting the Prudential, yeah. which happened to be the final Prudential Cup which was played. Okay, and the last but not the least, okay, being a Kapil fan, obviously my view is that okay, the turning point is uh, two things. I would say, A is uh, Grace being bowled by Sandhu, and of course Kapil Dev, that catch of uh, Richard because. He was going absolutely like what uh, Shankar was saying that the match would get over probably in the 20th or 25th over. That's a that's a rate at which he was going, and it was it was not a me too catch again an incredible catch at that point of time. And uh, 
probably i think each one of the guys who watched that uh, uh, live i am sure we would have watched it at least possibly about uh, close to 40 50 times or so that catch uh, just to make ourselves uh, believe pinch that okay this was the one we turned the game around yeah and uh, for me uh, money you summarizing those multiple things you know, pretty much summarizes the whole thing right that it was bits and pieces of many things which came together for us uh, i mean uh, to answer the question I, i yes i would actually go for uh, the sandu grenade wicket see one more thing which i wanted to add on is uh, i think the game was still not over after kapil uh, kapil's catch of richards right there was a, a a minor partnership i wouldn't say it's minor about 40 odd partnership between marshall and uh, dujon and each one of us who were watching live at that point of time were uh, were in double mind whether uh, will dujon and marshall uh, ensure that west indies scrapes through and again it was uh, mohindra amnath who brought in that uh, bowling uh, 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 Dujan and uh, I am yeah bowling Dujan and subsequently I think Marshall got out also right in quick succession so so it was not over although uh, Richards uh, was dismissed there was a mini partnership 40 odd runs between uh, these two guys and subsequently uh, both the wickets fell in quick succession and uh, and finally it uh, folded at 140 all out. They they were just absolutely confident that it's going to be a walk up a walk over. and we just believed in ourselves we so i think that combination really came out well and all the 22 players contributed to india's victory there lovely so, so i guess with that we've come to the end of our discussion and it was an amazing discussion thanks a lot everyone for being here thanks for sharing your knowledge thanks gk thank you thank you all thank you guys thank you guys thank you Thanks a lot to you guys as well for listening to this episode. Uh, we'll be back with another episode soon.